1: So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. Wendy Presser of Magical Journeys Travel is proud to be a sponsor of the Arthur Dark Podcast Network. Whether you've been to Disney one or a hundred times, there's still lots of planning involved. Let Wendy be the one at midnight when your window opens to get that Be Our Guest Reservation, while that covers with Anna and Elsa fast parts for your own princess. Mention that you heard this ad on one of our podcasts, and get $25 off your deposit with any trip package. Be sure to ask about her generous onboard credits for Disney Cruise Lines as well. Find her on Twitter at WPMagicJourneys or WPMagicJourneys.com.
2: Loader got no people skills, but he's
1: good with loader. That weird thing by his side's an infantilized Sequoia. The two of them who walk by, people say, "Oh boy. Yeah. They ask me why I'm bringing a baby into battle. That's really irresponsible and getting them rattled. I say, "Give me a break." Hello and welcome to a special edition of Diz After Dark. I am Nick. As you can hear, there is a man, some would describe as a lummux in the background, who I'll introduce just now. This man has never been on any of our podcasts before. Um, He's not a Disney legend, although I would refer to him as a legend. Uh, It's my Mm. best buddy and pal, not Flynn, but the man they call Chris. I don't, I call him Y2, but he's called Chris.
0: You've never called me Chris. It sounds weird when you call me Chris.
1: I think I may have done on your wedding.
0: Yeah, it sounded weird. I mean, I went with it because it is my name and it's accepted, but weird.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it is. So this is the guy for the last, uh, how long have we been friends? 14 years? Yeah, 14 years. And six weeks. 14 years and six weeks. Uh, he's been known to me as Y2, um, yeah. and we are doing this this special podcast because we have both been to see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Now, most of our listeners are American. Um, for some unknown reason, I don't I don't know why we're more probably in America. But uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. In that <laughs> case,
0: good morning,
1: <laughs> good afternoon, and good night. Because podcast could be any time. Um, yeah. I don't know we're recording it at half past eight on Tuesday night, but Guardians oh. of the Galaxy Volume 2 has not yet come out in America. And in fact, you you no. saw it crazy, crazy the right? UK saw it. Um, you're right, show off. So um, this episode is going to be full of spoilers. So if you haven't seen Guardians uh, yet, and you want to go and see it without it being spoiled, then turn off now. Um, if you have seen Switch off, it, go away. or... Yeah, I'll just, I'll just save it until after you've seen it. And then come back and listen to this episode. So why a bonus. Um, but I, I kind of hinted at, that, at the beginning of that sentence there that you'd seen it before uh, the UK had. So why don't you tell the listeners what happened with you and the circumstances surrounding that?
0: Well, listen, I'm a jammy son of a gun. I think that needs to be said from the off. And, oh, I should have um, um, you was I? <laughs> you say, it, I say. <laughs> Jam is a pretty, like, good word to describe myself. And I blatantly wanted to go see this up London for the London premiere, the European premiere, um, which was on the Monday night with the film coming out Thursday midnight leading into Friday. Um, James Gunn, God bless him, he retweeted a competition on his Twitter feed from the good guys at showfilmfirst.com. They were giving out tickets in a competition. All you had to do was subscribe. I did that on the Friday night and received an email late on the Sunday night to say that we'd won two tickets to go to premiere at Hammersmith Apollo, which now, if you don't know is a great venue for music. Yeah. It's, it's a concert but venue. But they've, they've only ever had two. Yeah. It's a concert venue where you'd see the likes of, you know, Bruce Springsteen played there, Kanye West. You know, they've had such a diverse range of Black musicians English. play there but only ever two premieres and they were low scale films, nothing of the Marvel sort of uh, size.
1: Okay.
0: Um, And I believe this is all down to Disney turning their backs on the premiere over the last few years. Um, As you saw with Beauty and the Beast recently, that was at a hotel in London. Um, And a lot of the Marvel movies have been away from the public eye where normally you'd be in Leicester Square and you'd have the uh, hundreds, if not thousands, in attendance uh, lying in the red carpet, getting your autographs and selfies and whatnot. Marvel have distanced themselves from that. So the pictures you see from the uh, European premiere, they were on the blue carpet, but the public couldn't get there.
1: Now let's go back a a couple of steps. So first of all, I've been using C-Film First for about six or seven years, at least. Yeah, great
0: Um, guys, great guys, two
1: weeks, great guys. Yeah, yeah, never, never got told about this competition. That's number one. Secondly, I think we should go back a little bit, because you're right about the Marvel premieres, um, and Disney in general. I mean, Doctor Strange, I think, was at the Grosner. I think, you know, Beast actually might have been there as well. I think there's a private screening room in there, which is what they do. But as you say, it's not a big media event like it used to be. Um, Now, let's look at our relationship with Marvel, because we actually went... To and it was my first ever premiere. Um, you went through a phase of going to nearly every major London premiere that, that was happening, but my first, yes, right. And we went together was to, to Iron Man in 2008.
0: So I've lost the sounds with you, pal. Where are you gone?
1: I'm still here. Um, I, I was saying, Oh, good we, man. <laughs> I was saying that the first premiere that we or I went to with you was to Iron Man in 2008. Yeah, was it that long ago? Jesus, and almost, almost to the week as well. Um, in fact, I think it was last ah. last week that uh, was the, yeah. the eight year anniversary of it.
0: And that um, that was a great premiere as well because they everyone came over. Well, literally, um, literally. I mean, so you, you had Downey Junior.
1: Gwenny Paltrow. Um, yeah, yeah. Terrence, Terrence Howard.
0: Uh, Terence Howard's yeah, R.I.P. from Marvel.
1: Mm-hmm very much so and we and we actually met all of those people as well yeah didn't we actually we actually got autographs from all of those people um i don't think we met Favreau, did we yeah yeah we got Favreau as
0: well yeah
1: oh man i've still got a picture somewhere um that you printed out that we got signed um but yeah, so so you know we've got that kind of connection that was the that was the beginning of the marvel universe that was their first attempt at, um, you know, starting their own kind of films, um, followed by The Incredible Hulk, but we don't talk about that too much. Um, but that was a big Leicester Square premiere. Um, but as you say, over time, they've come more and more uh, low scale. Um, okay, so going back to present day. So you, you'd won tickets. You took your lovely uh, wife to... Uh, to yes. the event with you because what what's friendship when you've got a wife clearly. Um, <laughs> Sorry, listen, you, this <laughs> no, one. To be I fair, was, you aren't me. I couldn't remember. Me. She
0: liked the first one, okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you had we had talked about going, <laughs> trying to go there anyway, and uh, and I was unavailable. Yeah. So the fact that you just got tickets just just rubs sort in the wounds, bearing in your mind where I was at the time. Um, well, this is it
0: because I did say to you, let's go see it at midnight, and you was like, no, I want to go with my wife, but. You had messaged me on the Monday morning and I didn't reply because I was waiting to see if Shao could go. <laughs> and if she couldn't, then i would be like, hey, what are you doing later on? So that's why there was like a three hour of me reading on WhatsApp and not acknowledging on WhatsApp.
1: Because anyone who uses WhatsApp, that's a quite a crucial window. And you see someone's read a message, it takes them three hours to respond. But that being said, I mean, yeah. I was at a corporate event. That that day and that that evening, but I would have clearly, clearly blown that out. I was only at the O2. I'd have clearly blown it out to have got my way uh-huh. over to the Hammersmith. It wouldn't have taken me too long, and I'd yeah. been dressed up for it. Um, so let's 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 talk about the event itself. So, you got to walk down. Did you get to walk down the blue carpet?
0: No, 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 no. You, you may have seen uh, the pictures in the media. Hmm. Uh, that's a real. It was a really cool setup because you had the blue carpet technically outside. And you had this great big Guardian Galaxy Volume 2 symbol outside, mm. uh, along with uh, some graffiti uh, with Rocket incorporated into the symbol. Mm. Um, and then you had, uh, supposedly inside, um, you had these massive, uh, this long stretch of screens that had all the characters rotating. And it looked really cool. It was all blue, it was all Marvel, and it looked fantastic. But we only got to see that in the pictures the, night, uh, the day after. Uh, we weren't allowed access to it. All we had, and it's not me complaining because I had a bloody great night, but um, all we had was a sign above the Hammersmith Apollo and then we went in and it was the cinema inside. It looked fantastic inside Mm. in that I wasn't quite sure what to expect that the Hammersmith Apollo is one of these old theatres. So you don't have to leg room. I'm I'm a tall guy. Leg room is crucial when you're six foot three. And they'd actually reduced the number of rows uh, for the Hammersmith Apollo. Normally, I believe there's about 30. Um, but for this, there were 20, if that. Um, it was a lot smaller. You had a lot more space. And also, you still had the stage up front uh, for when all of the uh, stars and the director came to talk. Mm-hmm. Um, so it did look cool. And they had the popcorn sellers. And, you know, you could buy the drinks. They had merchandise as well.
1: Popcorn. Um, at a premiere <laughs> yeah so picking pe- duck um,
0: <laughs> yeah why not so so, so it, was, it was really cool and you know buzzing to be there there was a few other obviously like you know guests invited uh, came along so um, what I didn't get was we had on our we had these two girls and they were dressed up like they had been out hired their prom dresses they were oh. dressed up to the nines for this premiere And then you get, like, they're surrounded by nerds, quite frankly, you know, in your black T-shirts and your denim jeans and whatnot. It looked out of place. Um, And when, so for the premiere, you've got, like, just a big screen up front with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. And we're told it's going to kick off about half past seven. Uh, The time's gone on a little bit. And this is normally because the stars were backstage doing all the interviews that we couldn't see and we couldn't get access to. Yeah. And um, then they've changed the music, and there's a light show going on like Coldplay's about to come out. They didn't, but they had the green lights that normally go along with the band. And people started getting up dancing. It was a bit surreal because I've not really been to a cinema in the past where people just of their own free will get up and start dancing. There were two girls in particular who you kind of weren't sure to start with whether they'd been hired specifically to dance and get the crowd going.
1: Right but
0: their dance
1: soon suggested that they won. You need to go to American cinema. Yeah. I mean, they shout, they holler, they dance. It's an experience. Like, you know, from our culture to going to America, bearing in mind, our cultures are fairly similar in a lot of ways. That is one thing we definitely, uh, do differently to America. I mean, for a fact, they don't even know what sweet popcorn is. You get popcorn, it has salt on it, and you cover it in butter. That is your popcorn. There is no variation on that at all. Very strange. Um, Okay, so you've got this fantastic light show um, and and I, I I saw some footage that people filmed in there while the, the light show was going on and correct me yeah. if I'm wrong, because it could be, I wasn't there, uh, they were playing the soundtrack to Volume 2.
0: Yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah. Because uh, as you know, I hate a spoiler, um, which sucks if you're listening to this and you're not seen the movie, but um, I'd say I'd over. seen the... No, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but we'll get there. Yeah. Um. So I'd seen the debut trailer. Mm. Um. And I'd, but I'd then not seen the one that was that came out for Super Bowl. Yeah. And I believe there was a third. Mm. I'd not seen those two. I stayed away from the internet in terms in terms of Guardians Galaxy. Um. I stayed away from the soundtrack because I thought that might. You know, have a couple of spoilers, but when they're playing it for the premiere, you kind of don't mind because you're at the premiere of a movie that you know you kind of would have killed to go and see. Um. So I didn't mind too much because we're about to see it anyway. Like I've made it this far, it's okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um. Now, uh, did you see
0: it in in 2D? It It was it was in 2D. Um. Yeah, which I was kind of happy with because it with it not being a cinema. You didn't know what the quality of the screen was going to be like. I was yeah. trying to do my research to find out if we were going to get in 3D um, or, you know, what sort of size the screen was. So I was happy it was 2D because you didn't want it to be like a poor man's 3D. Um, and, yeah, so I was, and you didn't know what glasses, you know, they would have supplied. So I was happy it was 2D. But what I found, um, uh, so, so people are dancing, and we've been dancing for, like, about five, six songs sort of thing. So it's gone on, like, a good 20 uh, minutes, almost half hour. Yeah. And all of the stars at this point, and people, our, we were, we had the best seats in the house. We're, and this is why I like to sit. You know, everyone has a preference for where to sit for cinema. I like sitting close to the front, bang in the middle. Mm-hmm. So we were five rows back, which was, you know, probably like a third of the way for the floor. Uh, you then had people sitting up in the circle of this theatre. Um, so we were... F- five rows back, bang in the middle. And on the far right-hand side, the stars were now lining up. So you had James Gunn leading the way, and then the rest of the Guardian Galaxy, but you also had uh, Yondu was over. You had uh, Ego was over. Uh, um, Nabula was over. Um, So you had like a lot. They brought so many of the stars of the movie over. Um, And what they've then done is James Gunn's gone up. He's hosted... Uh, said a few things, said how it's the best prem he ever been to, I'm sure he says that everyone, uh, but he was very sincere, and then he started uh, introducing, inviting people up on stage, and they literally like come up, took a bow, and then the next one, he saved um, Star-Lord for last, Chris Pratt's come up, and he's had a microphone, and he said, I believe two lines, taken a bow, and that was it, like they've all just kind of stood there pretty awkwardly And then exit exit stage right. So that was it. I was kind of expecting like a QA and a perhaps or like some sort of uh, interaction uh, with them. But that was all we got. Like we saw them and then they left it. Yeah, it it seems like it was a Hollywood version of Eye Candy. Um, And and that was it. And then enjoy the movie and the film started rolling.
1: I've got to be honest. I mean, I've only been to one premiere myself um, and that was when I saw um, Be Cool. Um, but it very similar yeah. setup. I mean, they, they had the stars kind of walk down to the front um, and the director said a few words, John Travolta said a few words, I think Uma Thurman said a few words, uh, and then that was it. The, you know, film starts, see at the after party, and that was it. Yeah. Um, so I yeah. think that's kind of common practice for a, a premiere. They like to I think I, 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 I've been, done.
0: I've been to a few. I've been to a few and they like, they do like talk about the film a little bit. Like they might share like a couple of anecdotes or something. And especially when you've got that many people up on stage. So um, who was first to go up? I think Karen Gillian might've been first. Uh, Batista was second or third. Um, So they've been standing up there a little while whilst uh, Kurt Russell, like eventually getting to Kurt Russell. So, um, so it just seems a bit like it was awkward for them more than us because we're happy to see them. And they're like, well, what am I supposed to do?
1: Yeah, just just, just kind of savour the atmosphere, I suppose. Um, I did mention yeah, to yeah. Uh, my wife yesterday after we saw it that this is the second <laughs> film this month I've seen that starred both Kurt Russell and Vin Diesel. She won't have it that Vin Diesel's in Guardians of the Galaxy for whatever reason, even though it, 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 it's oh, like really? it at the beginning of the film. Um, but- <laughs> oh, God. So I, I saw it in uh, in IMAX 3D. Um, now my nice. my local IMAX um, I refer to as a LIMAX, but to be honest, it's I mean I've, I've been to IMAX screens which are proper LIMAX screens and they are not much bigger than your average cinema screen. This the IMAX we've got is actually okay. a pretty decent size. Uh, it's not quite as uh, tall and as wide as uh, the ones in in Leicester Square and the BFI, which are the two biggest in the UK. Yeah. Uh, but it's uh, you know it's kind of like Sky Super Screen size. You know, he's it, it big. He's very tall. Um, nice. And uh, yeah, I mean they they've they've obviously done a few things for the IMAX, like so breaks out a few times of the, the screen, and um, you know it, it works. So if you don't mind paying a certain, like a little upcharge, I would say that uh IMAX is a good way to see it 2d or 3d had some great 3d effects but it won't you know you, you'll enjoy it whichever way you say it, you've seen it and you've seen it in 2d and I've seen it in 3d and you know I'm sure we both enjoyed it in the same kind of way um also yeah. um this is this is a private a private conversation but we'll do it on a podcast you've got a gift coming in the post um I, I ordered it last week and you should be getting it the next few days um it's clip-on 3d glasses
0: I was going to say to you, was that you? I've received <laughs> them today. I was like, well, <laughs> what is this?
1: Yeah. So, because I know. Come I do? Because I know, like, you you, know, have issues with the 3D glasses you get in the screen. So, there you go. You can just clip them on your yeah, glasses. so much. And there you go. So, let me know if they're any good. Man, because, they're quality. Well, you haven't tried them yet. <laughs> I mean, try and see if they work. <laughs> well, no, but, but they clip on. Well, that's great. Like, they. They work in that sense, Uh, you know, even if they're not 3D, at least I don't have to wear two pairs of glasses. There you go. Oh man,
0: thank you so much for them. No no,
1: no, no worries at all. So, um, let's let's get on with the film. We're we're quite a way into the podcast. I haven't really started ruining it yet for people. So um, I know. Also,
0: yon dude dies. You know,
1: <laughs> not that spoilery, but I mean, let, let's let's start off with the beginning. I mean, that opening sequence. It's pretty special.
0: It's mad, right? is that. It's mad. It's one. You know, I, I'm still on a buzz from the movie, and, and week, for me, I it's one of the best up. openings to a movie I've seen because there is so much hype to a Marvel movie, and they really lived up to it in the opening sequence because you kind of didn't know what to expect. Where it was just going to pick up where they left off, and they did, but in the visualization, they didn't. They they Already, they're saying that we're taking this to a different kind of level, and it just looked beautiful, but hilarious at the same time. Oh yeah,
1: I mean, if you if you love Groot, the opening is gonna is gonna like just rock your world. But at the same time, the one thing I would say, in a, in a slightly negative way, is that mm. it sets the bar so high so early on. I don't think yeah, there's a sequence as good as that in the, and that's not negative. But I think that yeah, could yeah, well no, be sure. the best sequence in the whole film. Um, but that just it's just because the bar is set so incredibly high. It could well be the best sequence in a Marvel film full stop. I mean, I think the only thing that kind of compares to it a little bit could be the uh, main battle in the Avengers, when you kind of see them all there together mm. for the first time. Yeah, but, what are we talking about with uh, Giant Ant-Man? No, 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 no! First Avengers, First Avengers. Um, although that's oh, a good shout okay. as well. That's a good shout as well. But I think because that seems yeah, so yeah. iconic when you like, you know, you kind of panned right round and you got Thor and Iron Man and Captain America and Hawkeye and Black Widow all doing their stuff at the same time. Um, but I mean, yeah. it's just a, a cracking way to start a film. And I, I got a touch of the Edgar Wrights about it in the way that uh, the music yeah. played such a big part into what was going on. At the same time, because
0: yeah, you love this, you love this song. Like yeah. straight away, I was thinking of you because of how much you love this song and what a buzz you'll be getting like hearing that from the off.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a great way to kick off the film. It really is, yeah. um, and I, I and also
0: I think it's not it's not even like Baby Groot as well. Like he steals it, no. and I've seen a lot of people saying that Baby Groot steals the movie. Yeah. But you know, what I also liked about that is that they kind of picked up from one of the uh, uh, extra scenes at the end of the first movie where Groot's dancing and then Drax looks over, stands still, I was Drax looks away that, and carries on dancing.
1: That, I was almost yeah, it, cool, it was Cool moment. So, yeah. so well done. And it, at the same time, needless because he obviously knows that he must yeah. have figured out by that point that Groot does dance to music, but it was yeah, was like exactly, so exactly. well yeah. and so funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you're but right. But the
0: direct, the direction as well for a director of, you know, a superhero action movie to steer the focus away from the heroes fighting the big monster is Brave, it's bold, and it's not really been done before, especially in like the Marvel universe. I don't
1: think um, been done so, at all. so that I can't give another example. Very good. Oh,
0: I'd have to think.
1: Well, don't think yeah, I struggle. I can't think well one off to the top of the bat. Mm. So then the film kind of kicks off, um, and I mean, I'd, I'd say. I'd say the, the the best thing for me about about Guardians Two is the fact that it uh, the problem with a lot of sequels recently and even you know I was thinking more comedy ones but even things like uh, the second Avengers film is mm. sometimes it plays it a bit too safe or it doesn't try and um, it, it it tries to kind of be a bit more placid it doesn't try and you know the first one was so good. It doesn't even try to reach those same heights, and I think what I enjoyed about the film is the fact that they weren't too afraid of doing that. Um, you know, yeah. they they weren't playing it very safe. There were there were certain bits that you could say were felt a bit familiar, but again, I think that could well be because of how um, how you connect with those characters as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But for me, I think the the biggest thing in the film is although Star-Lord is still the main character, is that... And it's, and it's not to say that they weren't rounded out in the first film, because all the characters were rounded out. You you understood the characters, and you got their backstory, and you understand how they worked. But I think with this film, they've really fleshed them out even more. Um, yeah. And, and you get to kind of understand them more. I mean, Drax in particular... Um, You know, and it was a great character in the first film, but I think in this sequel they've really tried to uh, push him even more uh, as as a, as a main character. Um, You know, he certainly got a lot more, he had funny moments in the first one, but I'd say he's probably got even more uh, in this version. Um, Jack stole
0: the For me, Jack stole the show. The dude was unbelievably funny. Mm. Like I didn't know he had that in his life. As you say, he was like, he had some funny moments in the first movie. But he was like, his comedy timing, uh, his delivery, it was like someone from a Mel Brooks movie. Yeah. Because everything the dude was saying was gold.
1: And not, and not even everything he was saying. Because go back to that beginning sequence, all he's doing there yeah. is looking. He's just looking at Groot, <laughs> and you are laughing. <laughs> You know, he's. (laughs) he's, to be honest, I mean, I I was talking to uh, a friend of mine yesterday about um, The Rock. We were watching Moana for about the 7,000th time. And um, and I was saying that although I'm surprised that The Rock's become such a, you know, he's probably the biggest movie star now um, in the franchise that he's in. And although I always thought he would do more than he achieved in wrestling, you know, he still had that stench of being a wrestler. But when you saw him on the yeah. microphone, you knew there was something special there. It took quite a long time, I think, to get the roles that he could really excel at. But you know, he he's just gone. What you didn't ahead. like the Tooth Fairy? Um, I preferred the game plan. I preferred the game plan.
0: Oh yeah, fair, Good, great, great movie, underrated.
1: But with uh, Blue Star, as he was last known,
0: yeah, um,
1: he, he forever be known. I never got the sense that he had the same. He was good on a mic, and he was good in the ring, but you didn't think the same star appeal as The Rock.
0: No, I don't. And again, as you say, in terms of uh, the WWE universe, he didn't really showcase that he had that sort of level of comedy Mm. to his character. He never got the chance to showcase it, perhaps. But in this, he certainly did. Yeah, you know, even as you say, not just with the talking, but even the way that he would just belt out his uh, laughter, uh, like the scene where Star-Lord's having his feelings uh, read. Yep. And Jack's just bursting in laughter. When
1: someone's laughing, like such a belly laugh like that, you can't help but laugh yourself. No, I mean, uh, that, scene, unbelievable. that scene was the end of the second trailer, right? That that okay. whole thing there. I mean, it was slightly abridged. But, you know, there was a few lines that were cut out for time in the trailer, but that was how they ended the the, the kind of long Super Bowl trailer. Um, So I'd I'd seen that quite a few times because my daughter wanted to watch the trailer a lot of times, although we're not going to take it to see it at the cinema. Um, uh, But also, like, going to the cinema in general, um, and you suffer the same problem as I do, going too often with an unlimited card means you sit through the same trailers. So... I'd seen it quite a few times and yet even though I'd seen that scene ten, fifteen times at least before the film had come out, still laughed. Yeah. It was still funny. Yeah. Actually, because it's such an infectious laughter he has as Drax. Yeah. Just, <laughs> it's just so well done. But um, you're gone.
0: But but also I think it's like his childlike quality at the end where he stopped laughing, it's like do me, do me where he wants to have his feelings interpreted like Ah, oh, it's fantastic but the same as you said to start it, where you now got backstories. We had Star-Lords in the first, and we had Gamora's pretty much, mm. but we didn't really have any of the other Guardians. Um, no. And we really got to hear Drax's backstory in this one and to hear more about what has made him who he is and why he is who he is, perhaps. Yep. Um, so, so to delve that much deeper into, the, uh, into their backstory, I'm glad we got that. It's something we wanted from the first movie
1: yeah and i think so um skipping ahead a little bit but i mean you know you do meet uh you know and again this was revealed in one of the trailers as well um that um kurt russell uh, plays ego um who is the father of, of peter quill in the comics um and he's a planet and and that's that was shown in the trailer and that was kind of uh you know, fairly early on in the film, you find it out as well. Um, See,
0: now I like this, right? This is what I like about films nowadays because films are taking this initiative and they didn't used to, even more recently, that they would hint at something or even you'd find out that, you know, in this example, Kurt Russell is going to play Peter Corb's dad, but they used to make you wait so long for this yep. that it, you kind of got frustrated because you know it's going to happen but nowadays, they start like uh, we talked about The Rock, you look at The Mummy Returns. We knew The Rock, I think it was Mummy Returns or might have been Scorpion King, but you knew he was going to be in the movie and you had to wait until the last 10 minutes for him to finally turn up.
1: Yep, yep. So
0: now with Guardians of the Galaxy 2, you know that Kurt Russell is in a movie.
1: Yep.
0: And if you know you hadn't been living under a, a movie rock, uh, you knew that he was also signed up to play Peter Cross' dad. They showed that in the opening uh, scene after the opening sequence. Yeah. Um. So straight away oh, a into write, movie, by the movie that.
1: Great. great man, these
0: special effects are crazy, right?
1: Now you've never seen Tron uh, Legacy, have you?
0: No, please don't hate me.
1: No, I've hated I, I you for that anyway. But I'm not. It's nothing new. So I'm okay. gonna hate you Even more. But if well. you I, honestly, what you should do, um or even like the next time you come around i'll show it to you because it's it's the beginning of the film so Tr- tron was uh, yeah. a 1982 film and starred jeff bridges um yeah um and then uh, this this sequel is set you know 30 years later pretty much um and what they do at the beginning of the film is they have a sequence with his son who he didn't have in the first film um i think it was i think it was like they they have Jeff Bridges talking to his son, uh, and Jeff Bridges' character then disappears, and uh, you find out in the film he's been living his life in, in the computer system that he's built. Um, so what they've done? So, uh, uh, he was playing, he was bowling, wasn't he? Yeah, something like that. Um, and yeah. I hate a big Lebowski, and um, don't hate me for that. So um, you see Jeff Bridges talking to his son in his bedroom. Uh, And he's saying, like, you know, I'm going off to work now, but, you know, here's a call, come to the arcade and, you know, I'll come and have a game with you. And then disappears forever. So obviously that's 1989. So they had to de age uh, Jeff Bridges uh, in order to do so. And you literally see him for about, I don't know, probably less than 10 seconds in total. But when you see Jeff Bridges face in Tron Legacy compared to what he did with Kurt Russell, I mean, it's night and day. You you know he, it's not right when you watch Tron Legacy. It just it feels right. completely wrong. just doesn't look right at all. looks unnatural. Whilst with this, I have no idea how they've done it because it looks so realistic. Uh, it, it just baffles yeah, me. I think...
0: I've looked into it a little bit in terms of, like, I looked at the cast list, and I believe what they've done is that they've transferred his face onto someone else's body um, because there's someone who's on the cast list as playing like a, a younger ego. I forget his name when he was on earth. Right. Um, but yes, so you've got his face, like eyes, nose, mouth, but onto someone else's mainframe, basically.
1: But that's what I, did. I that's think what I did. that's how they did it. But that's what I did with Tron. But that was... That oh, really? Seven, yeah, but that was seven years ago. And they took... It was Jeff Bridges from... I can't remember what film it was, but it was a film that he was in about eighty-seven, eighty-eight. And had tried to do the same yeah. thing, but it just shows I'd love them to go back and redo it because it's such a shit effect that immediately yeah. from the off you're feeling this is not this is not right. Um later on in the film, because it's then set in like a, a virtual world, it kind of works. He doesn't look as jarring because yeah. he's not really human at that point. But at that beginning sequence when he is human, it is just all kinds of wrong. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I thought that that was great, and I thought it was good that you got to see uh, Peter's mum again because obviously in the first Guardians uh, she's dying, so you literally see her on a on a death.
0: Day. She dead, man. She, she
1: dead. Yeah. She ain't dying. She dead. She was alive at, at for a start for the start, but yeah, not for long. Yeah, um, yeah. But it was it was good that they kind of did that because again it. it it adds to the backstory and you understand a bit more where, where Peter came from. Um, but, you know, you take kind... my head, Peter. <laughs> I'm sure that's from another film, but, um, you know, I, I, you, you kind I of meant... learn that, you know, ego's his dad and you think, you know, everything's great. And the guardians are, you know, a bit more skeptical about the whole situation. And you, you kind of learn from his, his own uh, kind of uh, sidekick Mantis that, um, you get the impression something's not right. She tries to tell uh, Big Dave something and then, you know, quickly stops talking when uh, Gamora shows up again. Um, but I think with this film, you understand it's much more of, as um, I said, filling out those those other characters because Yondu is in the first film all the way through and you get an idea about him. You know that he, he was one that got Peter, you know, that you know he kind of uh, mentored him. Um I was supposed yeah. to deliver him to, to ego and never did, um, and so you know I want to say it, but I'll jump ahead, um, so you get that and you get uh, Nebula who again was uh, you know kind of a thorn in their side the whole way through this film, and with this film you understand uh, a bit more why she was so um, angry uh, with Gamora um, and yeah. why she was she felt that she was favoured over her all of this stuff kind of gets filled out and what it does, it just rounds the characters even more. Um, in fact, the only characters they don't do it to are rocket and Groot, And probably because in the first film, um, a lot of the focus was on those two, because they were probably the most unusual and in, therefore interesting characters of the main, the main guardians. Um, yeah, but plus, I guess, cause I was thinking that, but they kind of did do like Groot's backstory, was
0: the first movie, yeah. Because now he's Baby Groot, yeah. so he, we've not had his back backstory, but we know where Baby Groot came from basically,
1: oh, and, uh, and the
0: sacrifice that Groot had to make. So
1: that, no, you're right. And I, I mean, another thing actually that um I, I've not really seen mentioned too much, but um is the fact that this film is set about three months after the end of the first one. So it's not like yes. most films where, you know, time has passed. So if there's a gap of two years in an Avengers film. You know, lots of things have happened that time. This literally follows on from, uh, you know, very soon after the events of the first film, um, which kind of yeah, also, yeah. I, I think, adds adds to, you know, why they're doing what they're doing with the, the characters. Um, but stuff happens. And I think what's quite good is that people kind of get paired off. And I think yeah. the dynamics are very interesting because you don't get the pairings that you would expect to. So, you know, you kind of get Yondu and Rocket together. Drax is hanging out with Mantis, who, uh, you know, the most disgusting woman he's ever seen. Uh, another <laughs> another fantastic <laughs> bit from, from Big Dave. And then you get Gamora and Nebula yeah. where you kind of learn more about them as well uh, and why they are like yeah. they are. Um, Sorry, their, their
0: relationship, it really turned their relationship because for a, a good little while, Gamora become the bad guy. Uh, when Nebula dropped that truth bomb about all I ever wanted was a sister. And the, every time they fought, if she lost, she was punished because she was, you know, body part was replaced by robotics. Um, and Gamora never lost. And, you can't, and like she said to her, like, why didn't you just let me win once so that I didn't have to go through all of this pain? Mm-hmm. And you're like, damn, girl, that's why you're not the bad one here. Your tough sister is kind of. It was almost like Venus versus Serena in a way.
1: Yeah, which is what we should now call them. Um, but um, But yeah, and I mean, you know, things obviously go right, and it, it turns out well so we've also not mentioned uh the gold people what are they called uh, uh
0: gold people i believe
1: yeah the gold people um and yeah. they're kind of you know that they, they cause uh the guardians to end up uh meeting you in the first place because uh they were hired the guardians were hired to uh protect some some uh duracell batteries i think they were called and mm. um, you know Rocky, uh, yeah, that,
0: Um, it was uh, it was anal something wasn't it yeah, I, I don't know it
1: that, was like some sort so, it, it was it like some over. sort
0: of a, it was like some sort of anal cream or something that they've the, the apparently stolen but they were batteries of some description
1: preparation. I don't know what they needed preparation yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and, and so <laughs> they're kind of seen as the villains for, for some part of the film but it later turns out spoiler alert Ego's a bastard. Ego's not like <laughs> yeah, well. at all, or uh, <laughs> identity a bust. or or whatever. He he's not good at all. And I think what uh, is is interesting with uh, what goes on. You know, we, we can't go do a, a full review, but uh, you know what is interesting with the film is the kind of uh, well, family. It's about family. And it's about parenting, I suppose, and the fact yeah, that, yeah. you know Ego is is Peter's dad. But really, Yondu was his father. Yeah. And, and you, know, you know. Man,
0: that, that truth, Mark. I mean, uh, let's go back for Ego to, for a second there, because uh, as you must have seen, there were so many parallels with Star Wars. In the, it must have been such a hard line to deliver when he said, Peter, I am your father, because it's one of the most quoted one of the most well-known uh, movie quotes throughout uh, time when darth vader of course says it's a luke
2: yeah.
0: um so for him to say that and peter's reaction uh kind of took it away from vader and luke because he wasn't you know so ang- as angry as luke was he was shocked and yeah, shocked and surprised was kind of his reaction and also, you know, shreds of disbelief that Luke kind of had. Um, But they kind of distanced themselves from Star Wars. But by the end of it, you're kind of looking at Ego as being, well, you're more of a bastard than Darth Vader. Oh, yeah. Because Darth Vader wanted his son to join him, as Ego did, but he wasn't making the sacrifices that Ego was willing to do.
1: Well, at the end of the day, Ego was only interested in Ego, and he needed Peter to, you know, it was Peter having the powers that he did um, that hmm. let Ego basically destroy all the planets he didn't seem worthy anymore. Uh, yeah. And to keep him in, in this kind of ultimate power. So, um, you know, you then got this kind of dynamic and this kind of then rescue mission of, right, we need to destroy this godlike entity and you know how do we do that well with you know by blowing up his his brain of salts on this planet um, and then you kind of get you know some, some fantastic action sequences out of that um, you know you've got Yondu who's been shunned by his uh, you know his uh, team because they feel he's gone weak because of him yeah. you know, never wanting to kind of kill Peter um, but you know that's and that kind of delves me towards the, the Guardians. Um, but, you know, it, it just adds a, a new dynamic. And so you're all used to the Guardians on the first film, was just being the main guys from that first film. And now you've got Yondu mm-hmm. and you've got uh, Nebula has kind of joined their side. Uh, and also um, Yondu's right-hand man, who I forgot what his name is, but is uh, Sean Gunn, uh, the brother of... Um, yes yeah, right. The director, who also—I don't know if you know this—but he's also uh, a, uh, uh,
0: Craiglin. Craiglin.
1: That's it, yeah. Um, but he also plays Rocket. He plays Rocket in in both films on set. That's right, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, that's that's one of the the, the fun things about that. Um, so, Yondu yeah. though,
0: Yondu was the big one. Yondu yeah. was huge.
1: Yeah, and I—he I um, was—he was obviously quite a villain in the first film. Um, but yeah, you yeah. Know, this film is a is a bit about redemption. But again. also,
0: you didn't you didn't dislike him. He you couldn't like with ego. You didn't like.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. But with Yondu, you didn't ever dislike him because he kind of you know as we saw with the troll at the end, he kind of he let Peter get away. You know, he didn't ever kill him. Um, and he kind of had that sort of like playful relationship with Peter that you kind of the. Uh, so you didn't dislike him; he was likable in that sense. And oh, yeah. the arrows, cool man. Let's, oh, like, let's the, be the honest the about that. Arrows cool
1: in the first one as well. Um, and I mean, what's yeah. interesting because I mean, I I had seen what Yondu looked like in the comics and uh, had wondered what happened with this kind of mohawk thing that he had. And you know, yeah. again, that's something else that you you learn in this film as well. Um, and yet, yeah, the, at the end, as you as you blurted out right at the beginning, um, you know, Yondu is the ultimate sacrifice. Um, didn't
0: just break your heart though, eh? You
1: know what? I was getting, I was getting a little bit emotional, and then um, they start playing Cat Stevens' Father and Son. It's not a time. Song, a I've never really been that bothered by it, especially when it's recorded by Ronan Keaton Um, and yeah. when they started doing that, and then the ships turning up, um, you know, all of the scavengers from across the galaxy, the words got out what he's done because. Uh, yondu was shunned uh for kind of being a part of something uh he didn't realize uh, and so he was kind of shunned by his whole community um and then and then you know uh, they they all turn out because they realized actually they had him wrong um and and that wasn't the situation um and uh but it's also it wasn't just uh
0: uh, they had him wrong, but obviously Rocket had sent word as to what Yonder had done, and that they were there because obviously they had it wrong, but also because he'd saved the Guardians of the Galaxy.
1: It he'd
0: just, made the ultimate sacrifice. Yeah, yeah,
1: that that's it. Um, and it was a, it was a lovely moment. Um, and, and but also was I felt that because that, that, that was the one. Yeah, that was
0: the one. because that was it. Like if seeing him die. Uh, didn't get you, and Cat Stevens <laughs> didn't get you. Then the Ravagers turning up is gonna get you at oh, some point, yeah. First, second, or third hit, they're yeah. gonna get you, and it. you're gonna just melt.
1: Oh, it was it was beautiful, it was beautiful. And one of the things I talked about <laughs> to... for me, go on, go on. No, I was just gonna say, one of the, the uh, the, the um, the, the more memorable things about seeing it in in IMAX is when uh, he's because because that's the thing you always think oh with a superhero film they're gonna they're gonna find some way of saving there's no saving they incinerate him um, but yeah. when he when he uh, starts uh, leaving the ship uh, into into the like the galaxy itself and you know all the all the beautiful colours that he's kind of been turned into as he uh, you know been in, incinerated um, that kind of breaks the barrier of the screen so you had it coming towards you but then you know obviously with like your cinema screen you've got like your your bars and it started kind of overflying the bars and it was just stunning just just such a good use of of the, the technology and it's those it's those little touches that um, that that's to me what 3D is about. It's not about things being pointed in your face and stuff like that. It's those little subtle touches that just make you feel immersed in a film and it just felt like it was coming out of the screen towards you and it just felt special. It was such a beautiful yeah. moment anyway that just really kind of put like the bow on the top of it. Uh, yeah. And we haven't mentioned, of course, uh, that Sylvester Stallone was there. Sorry, I missed that, sorry. As we not actually mentioned Sylvester Stallone was there. Well, no, well yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You need to like, but to say about Yondu, like, because I thought back on it, and almost instantly, like, when he, you found out that he was making that ultimate sacrifice, you kind of likened him throughout, you know, albeit to films. You kind of likened his story arc to Snape, Harry Potter, yeah. because Snape had always, uh, Snape had been the bad guy. Snape had always like been seen as you know someone who despises, but yet at the end had become as you know Yondu said he may have been your father, but he wasn't your daddy. And Snape had that father role how he was always looking out for Harry Potter and made the ultimate sacrifice so that you know they could live. And ah oh, man, it's so beautiful and so, so well done.
1: Well, he's like, a cult,
0: even where he? they had to...
1: He's got that stone cold exactly kind of right. thing. You, you love to hate the bad guy. Um, yeah. But, yes, by that point, I mean, even just before the sacrifice, when you when it kind of really kicks in that actually he's he is he's the father to Peter, um, when yeah. you had that realisation, that's really the pivotal bit when you're like, it's always been cool to kind of like him even though he's a bad guy. But that's the moment. And yeah. if he was even on the edge about, I'm not sure if I can fully be with him because I know he's supposed to be a bad guy that's the exact moment that wall gets knocked down yeah exactly you know
0: exactly although in saying that about five minutes previous he did kind of have I think possibly the the line of the movie <laughs> when he's floating down holding on to his arrow shouting out I'm Mary Poppins y'all yeah. <laughs> I
1: did I did oh, forget unbelievable, that, that. unbelievable um, so I mean all in all, I think, um, you know, I think we can both say um, that, you know, we, we both really enjoyed it. I, I mean, is it better than the first? Um, I would argue oh. it probably isn't, but that's only because of how many times I've seen the first. Um, yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, you're so oh, yeah. used to that film now that it's a, an incredibly high bar to to set yourself. But at the same time comparing it to a Thor 2 and Avengers 2, anything like that, any of the other kind of sequels they've had, with the possible exception of Captain America 2, which had a crap first film and a much better second Mm. film. um, It's a sequel that is on on the same level as the original film. And it'll be interesting in the next couple of years, when I do get to see it more, how I will feel about which one I actually preferred overall because there were certainly things that were better in this film. But I would say I don't think the soundtrack is probably quite as good in this film. But at the same time, if you're making a mixtape, you put all the good stuff on the first one. The second one is the... Yeah, I mean... Well,
0: yeah, I mean... uh, there wasn't like too many songs the you know, if you used to go like song for song, volume one soundtrack wins. Um, but a lot of the songs that they use, like Fox on the Run, Fleet with Mac, uh, they're all songs that, you know, or and brandy as well, like Brandy, I've always loved the song Brandy.
2: Yeah, like and the
0: it. way that you've even got Kurt Russell quoting the song, like in yeah. terms of putting it into his world, it just worked. So yeah, the first soundtrack as a standalone works. But the songs that they used for Volume Two, it just really works as to when they were used. Like ELO at the start, man, it blew it away, like unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but in terms of I, I like I prefer this one to the first ones. You know, like like yourself, seen it seen the first one so many times, but I prefer this one. I think the comedy alone, like mm-hmm. I, I've not laughed that hard at a film since Anchorman all them years ago. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: and it just really like and. I felt with Marvel, as I've said to you in the past, Marvel's got boring, and Marvel's got serious. With the latest, like with the Civil War movie, it's just, you know, it started out so fresh with the Avengers, and it's just getting boring, it's just getting samey. I mean, they're just talking all the time, and they just seem like, it's just, it's serious, and they've taken the fun out of the Marvel Universe, Guardians are putting that back in, and Jax is bringing the laughs, basically.
1: And I think um, you that continue with Spider-Man. Actually, I think that also looks to be in that same kind of vein. But I'd agree that the, the Marvel, the rest of the Marvel universe, even Ant-Man, which was supposed to be like a, a, a fun film, didn't seem yeah. anywhere near as fun as you know Guardians did, for example. Um, it just had. This, this was fun. about
0: a Civil War. It, it seems, you know, anyone who saw it kind of said that Spider-Man stole the show, but possibly Ant-Man did as well. And that was because they were the comedy relief. Like, yeah. you need comedy relief.
2: Yeah.
0: And for me, Drax stole the show here, but Yondu was the MVP. Yeah. Now, you know, but at the same time, everyone kind of stepped up.
1: Yeah. No, you're right. And just to kind of wrap this up, um, there are at least in the UK version, there are five post-credit sequences. Um, yes. I personally think you only need to see the first three. No, 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 no. You're crazy. you You got to see the last two. Oh, my God, you've got to see the
0: last two. So uh, the, you need five. You know what? You need five. Um, I, was, I was kind of hoping, I guess, perhaps, to see one of the Avengers. But because the movie is based in uh, 2014, it wouldn't then work in terms of they'd meet them around Age of Ultron. So it would be clunky in terms of when they meet them. So they can't meet them. Um, but he's kind of half expecting them to, you know, maybe Captain America or Iron Man, because he joins the Avenger, he joins the Guardians. In the comic books, mm. he might have been the one to cross over, but that that's, that didn't happen. But because it ended on such a sad note with Yondu dying, there was, you know, you, you had like a little bit of comedy, like, but not much.
1: Yeah, it
0: Ended with Yondu. You needed Lee. something like. The
1: Stan Lee wants rubbish.
0: No but Stanley because Stanley Lee, I don't know if you've read about it since, but Stanley basically answers like the fan theory version of him being one of the watchers. Um, it's always yes. been because he appeared in all the movie, you know so it kind of like it nodded to that and that he's not just one of the watchers, but he's like the ultimate one, like he's the number one where he was left up on uh, uh, the planet on his own.
1: Now the only one so I want to really talk about, the only other one I wanted to really talk about, is the Sylvester Stallone one, because what I later found out, yeah, you, is that, it, um, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, 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 with the uh, original Guardians, because mm, I had no idea. So I think it's such a nice little touch, because Yondu was part of that originally as well. Um, so I think it was a really nice touch that you got the original Guardians together and it'll be interesting to see how they, they fit into uh, to volume 3 because I'm sure they'll be I don't think that will be the last you see of any of those characters so I yeah them. you know
0: what you don't sign up Sylvester Stallone, Ving Rhames and friends and only have them cameo for 12 seconds yeah. we're going to see them again I believe yeah, right. um I think slight hinted it because he's, he kind of said to me you know, who's, who's ready to go, basically. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're going to see Starhawk again. Yeah. Um, but Ad- Adam was a big fan favorite at the end um, because we had it teased in the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, he popped up in the collector's uh, uh, area. Um, but now it's been made obvious that he's now going to be in the next movie. Um, so that got a massive pop at the premiere from, like, it might have been the nerd saying, I know him! But um, it still got a massive reaction. But I do think that you needed, like, the Guardians um, uh, post-credit scenes just to kind of, like, you know, just to leave everyone laughing again.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because
0: otherwise, like... Everyone was like so messed up by seeing Yondu sacrifice himself that you wanted to kind of see like you know teenage Groot and Drax getting shot in the shoulder sort of thing.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, You kind of but plus also like blink and you miss it. You got to see the Grandmaster um, in the credits as well.
1: You did, yes, yes, you did. So uh, Um, and uh,
0: you got to see Cosmo again.
1: Yep. And David Hasselhoff for the second time. (laughs) Um, yeah, <laughs> we'll leave we'll leave we'll we'll leave any mention of him there, and you, and also uh, for anyone that's wondering, yes, you do get to see Howard Duck as well. Um, right, yeah. I, I think I, I think we've got to wrap it up there. I think we've we've discussed it enough, but um, yeah, I mean, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it because you weren't too sure, hopefully us discussing it uh, would have pushed you over to going to see it. Um, I really think um, it's going to. Uh, smash the original uh, in terms of box office, um, and I think yeah. it will probably be only seconds abusing the beast. I, I can't see it beating Beauty abusing the beast this year at the uh, the cinema. I think that's too much of a juggernaut. Um, but I think it's, I
0: don't know though. I don't know. Marvel brings them in.
1: It does, but I mean, you know, it's, it's gross over a billion dollars already. It's 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 huge. Uh, I, I I can't see. I'll, I'll
0: say as well, and I, I don't think that his admission will tilt over the edge. But what surprised me so much was uh, my dad called me up the other day. And this is a a guy who's never seen Star Wars, doesn't care for sci-fi, has never seen a superhero movie. And he called me up and said he'd just seen uh, two of the actors, and it was Kurt Russell and Chris Pratt uh, talking about the movie. And he said that it it made him laugh to the point that he now wants to go and see Guardians of the Galaxy 2. So it's... You know, for him to admit that he wants to go and see it, and we are going to see it on Thursday, Excellent. Um, you kind of think that, you know, it's nice to see that a sequel can bring new people into the Marvel Universe.
1: Yeah. No, that's, that, that is a good way of, of ending it. I, I can't think of a, a better kind of stamp of approval than that, bearing in mind I know you're dead, yes. so I know that that's not, <laughs> a, not an easy thing. Um, it's not his movie no not at all but i'm i'm hoping you'll enjoy it i'm hoping you'll enjoy it um look man thank you so much for joining me on this um i'm sure this won't be the last time that we do something like this um and uh, yeah so thank you for for joining me on this thank you dear listener for listening to this uh any feedback the usual places and uh we'll catch you with another disaster dark very soon
2: Remember, we are Groot.
1: This podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast tournament.